Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This, this is the Porpoise Pod. Porpoise Pod. It's a podcast with a purpose. All dolphins. All the time. Touchdown! Now, here's your host, Brendan Tobin and Alejandro Solana. Welcome on in, everybody, to another edition of the Porpoise Pod. I'm your host, Brendan Tobin, alongside my co-host, Alejandro Solana, who is on the mend. Are you officially on IR, man? Like, are you going to make it? Because uh, you have an important role on the Dolphins broadcast. What is your what is your status for Sunday? You're, this is more important than Jalen Waddle. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm officially uh, listed as questionable for week one. <laughs> Uh, but I think I'll be all right. I think I'll be uh, boots on the ground for for the opening at Hard Rock. All right, give give us some people like what are you uh, what are you doing? Like what goes into a day of producing uh, the Dolphins broadcast? Like is it is it uh, how early do you get there for a one o'clock game? Like what are the uh, the things that you see that people don't see? Yeah, so the first thing really it's throughout the entire week. I'm setting up a twelve hour broadcast. I'm putting together rundowns. I'm putting together a whole different like slew of, of uh, like Im- pieces of imaging, uh, montages, things of that nature. But then the actual day of game day, I basically am the guy directing traffic behind Jimmy and, and Joe Rose. So um, I'm helping, uh, you know, spot the game, who caught the pass, how many mm-hmm. yards that they got. And every time we're supposed to go to commercial break, it's the most like, bizarre system that the nfl uses to know, to let their radio and tv affiliates know it's time to go to break so tobin you've realized like in college football now you know there's a stoppage of play there might be a, a timeout in the works somebody will come out with like this big sign and there's yeah. a countdown two minutes a minute 40 in the nfl you don't have that so all you have is some guy standing on the sideline literally when they're going to break he's wearing these huge gardening gloves that are typically like neon orange or neon yellow and he comes out and he does a cross with his hands but again he's standing on like the 10 yard line he could be the opposite 10 yard line from me on the other side of the field he could be closest to me they're always standing on one part of almost towards the end zone in that red zone that's the way i have to keep an eye on him at all times typically after scoring drives right after the pat maybe after a, a punt return that's when the the, the affiliates, the networks, TV, radio go to break. But the way for us to know is by looking at some dude just put his hands up with gardening gloves. It is the most prehistoric system, but the NFL doesn't change anything, which is why we really still have guys, guys on the sideline deciding multi-billion dollar industry, and it gets decided by guys on the sideline with uh, chains. Like it's, right. the, it, it's the most prehistoric thing ever. Um, but you know that's that chain, and I don't know what kind of manipulation there can be. Like they got the Tim Donahue uh, thing going on right now on Netflix. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. How, how do we know there's never been a crooked chain guy in the history of the NFL? Oh, there's definitely be been crooked chain guys, and not only that, the little dude that stands to the right of the chains and he tells you if it's a first, second, third, or fourth down, they get that wrong. Now that I'm looking for those things, right? Because um, I'm constantly keeping an eye on things going on around the field. If there's a flag. Uh, you know, just so I can assist the broadcast if they don't catch it. And the amount of times the guy with the sign telling you what down it is, the amount of times they're wrong at least 10 times a game. Really, like if you could pay attention, they're wrong all the time. That's crazy. So like yeah. you become a master of the binoculars. Like, is that what you like? And, and out of these, like, do you have a pair of binoculars that is Dolphins issued or NFL issued? Or do you do you have your own puppies that you have like, these are these are uh, what work for me? My own puppies, man. Yeah, right. The NFL doesn't give us anything, and the Dolphins don't either. Um, but just my own puppies. Man, I feel like the I feel like the Dolphins because you know they gotta have some. Like they got the best walkie talkies. They got yeah. the best all that gear. Like I feel like they probably have some sick walkie, uh, some sick binoculars they could sure. look up with. Like let's go for sure. Yeah, Cephalo and Joe Rose. Like they, they 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 come ready every year with like a fresh pair. I just got like my cheapo thirty dollar binoculars. 
Uh, I guess the job done though. I still got 2020 vision. You know what I mean, Tobin? Like I'm still one of these young guys. I'm good. Like I can, I can see things from far away, but uh, now the binoculars helps anytime there's like a scrum and you're trying to figure out or who's starting the offensive line. If there's a switch hard to see those big guys from all the way up in the booth, you gotta, you need need a little help, need a little zoomage to get in there. Yeah. They don't give the radio guys like the best view, do they? Like, it's not, it's not like television. So I, you know, I I don't want to upset anybody at the dolphins, but this is pretty obvious. I mean, we have easily the worst booth setup in the National Football League and for college wow. football as well. UM has the, like, we are, we used to be, and before I was producing at the stadium, half a 50 yard line where the TV was, beautiful view, just like every other stadium. But the Dolphins, you know, are catering to their, their fans a little bit more, the ones specifically with bread, with money. Of course. And uh, so all of that, like 50-yard line, all those broadcast booths were turned into uh, suites, all of them. I don't know. Have you have you seen like The Nine, Tobin? Have you have you heard of that? I, it's like, I, I, dude, I took like a tour of Hard Rock with Garfinkel. He took out the, the, uh, the, the old morning show with Joy and Zazla back in the day. And we saw it all kind of getting built, but I've never gotten like a full blown hard rock tour. I've been in the hard, I've been in the, the press box many times. Right. And it, you know, it's better for sure than what it was. But um, the one thing I don't like about it, and then this is, you know, I know people listening to us are like, oh, poor sports guys. Shut up. <laughs> the thing that I don't like about it, because I really love going to basketball games live because you're in the atmosphere. I feel like you right. get something going to a basketball game that you don't at home. And with the NFL, I feel like I get so much more at home than I do being in the stadium. And the reason for that is it's, and I don't know if you guys are like, cause you might have your booth open, but I, the way it is in the press box is it's like a hyperbaric chamber. You can't hear anything anymore. The press box is depressing. It really is. I was in the press box for the Miami miracle. Kenyon Drake running all the way down Gronkowski didn't have the angle. I was in the press box for that covering the team a couple of years ago. And when I tell you 95% of the people in that press box had already left because they thought the game was over. They thought there was no way in hell the Dolphins were going to pull off this miraculous comeback. Everybody's already downstairs waiting to hear coach talk. At, at this point, I think it was Adam Gase still, if, if I if I, I remember correctly. It yes, it was. And, and uh, the only ones in the press box left were like me, uh, Frito, um, there, there was like a small group of people still in there. And when I tell you the most exciting play, maybe in the past two decades of Dolphins football, you could have, you could have heard a pin drop in that Nobody press box. Was there. I was they- the only one I'm cheering. Like I, I didn't, whatever, man. Like I'm a, I'm a Dolphins fan. I really am. And I, now I guess I can say that cause I kind of work for the team or whatever. Yeah, the, but- you're on the team broadcast now. Like, that was, that's the thing that was fun. When I did a couple of heat games this year, uh, I really liked, getting the idea like okay i don't have to fake it like everybody can just have fun here <laughs> right you know you're part of the, everybody's having fun we're all celebrating it's a good time i don't have to be a fugazi like i am four seats down when i'm covering it for the station right or the former flagship station uh but the uh but but i but one of the things that i really like about it is uh i love i love a couple things of doing the basketball broadcast i got to do like six games this year uh, especially when you're at home is one, you get the, uh, the under the rim, you get the rim mics so you can hear players talk bleep the entire time, which is yeah. really fun. And then the other thing is you get the statistician and he's got the goods. That guy's on it. Randy Webb, shout out. That guy, <laughs> that guy is a party. I do then- love, I, I do love like in between quarters watching the runners and they, they, you know, they print out all the first quarter stats and before the second, the runners are trying to get everybody, whether it's the broadcast team, whether it's the coaches, whether it's Pat Riley sitting in the corner, whether it's Zoe, they get everybody that matters yeah. a printed out stat sheet like ASAP. And you see them running throughout the stadium all the time at FTX. The Dolphins, it works a little bit different. They don't provide first quarter stats till the end of the second. <laughs> so I it, like it, the whole system and, and it's not their fault, but you have the press box in one area and then the radio booths on the other side of the stadium and then the TV booths on the other side of the stadium. So everybody's spread out. So there's no like perfect system to get everybody what they need to get. Luckily we have the internet, but Tobin, I mean, you know how it is for some of these older broadcasters kind of stuck in their ways. They like the, uh, they like the, the, the pen, they like the ink on the leaf. 
I like that too, by the way. way. I, I like when you get a spread. Like, you know, I like, I like, I like perusing a, a printed out box score. I think it, I think it helps. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I'm digesting it better. Um, the one thing I did miss though, I went to the Canelo fight when he fought that bum during, uh, during COVID and we were in the press box, me and Leroy Horde and Jay Balvin surprisingly intro Canelo Alvarez and wow. that concert seemed like it was better than the fight. Couldn't hear a damn thing. I was so jealous because I saw flames and lasers and Canelo was dancing, but I couldn't hear any of the music. And it seemed like, man, they really should be able to open up these windows again. I feel like it would help. I guess it does. The good part is for the radio broadcast, we actually stick a mic outside of the booth to pick up fan noise. And that gets pumped into our broadcast. That's so, okay. So you, you do kind of feel like you're there, but Man, if there's like a big play, that roar from the crowd. Were you there, UM Notre Dame, a couple years ago? No. When Miami beat Notre Dame? Whatever. I mean, I, I know a lot of Dolphins and Hurricanes fans were there for that game, and it sounded maybe the loudest sporting event I've ever been to. No, that when, place. When that that place. had the pick six. It yeah. was crazy. And that you do miss that. Like, if the Dolphins, week one, score a game-winning drive, Tua throws it to Tyreek Hill 50 yards, and they win – you don't get that same level of enthusiasm or excitement in the booth because you just don't feel the, the crowd as, as much. That uh, that definitely is a thing with the roof there now, like that half roof canopy thing. Like it has yeah. made that place a tremendous, tremendous home field advantage, which has yeah. obviously been a big talking point this week with the whole uh, <laughs> with the whole uh, move down here of the Patriots infiltrating South Florida early because of their lack of confidence. But uh you know, I, I do think that that roof, you know, there's all this thing that's going on in town of the uh, the Canes and whatnot of, oh, should they get their own place? And all that. I mean, like, I, mean, I, I don't know what the re- – I'm not smart enough to know what the revenue stuff of that stuff is, but I know that that place seems like a really great place to watch a football game. And I don't – I wouldn't be, like, that gung-ho on leaving just to get my uh, – the drive a little bit because I know a couple things. One, I know that traffic is going to be a nightmare wherever they put this thing. So yeah. going to a game is going to be just a nightmare. And second of all, I just think that um, it's it, it, it's like an ego thing. Like it's like you get your own stadium, cool. But like you've seen with the Marlins, like doesn't necessarily bear fruit. It doesn't. It, and and I like going to Marlins Park or whatever the hell it's called now, um, <laughs> as just a venue. But it, it, you know, it, I also I have so many fine memories of watching a baseball game in that football stadium. I, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I st- I love I love Lone Depot Park, which is what it's called now. I love going there, but as far as the best baseball watching experience for the Marlins, pro player, Teal Monster, it'll never yep. be better than that. It just won't. It really won't. It it was uh it was a sick time. It really was it really was. So that was a really random start to the podcast. I understand that, everybody. I don't even know how we got there. But the point is, look, it's week one. We're excited. I, I think everybody is just fired up and pumped up. And I was just giving you a little insight into what Solano's got going on this week. Uh, I do believe I will be boots on the ground for this one, too. Let's go. I think Let's I'm going to – I think I'm not – I'm going to I'm not going to go all the games. I'm not, you know – like I said, it's not my. I, I don't love going to football games. You're, no. you're so right, though, Tobin. Like, the best way to watch the NFL Sundays – is on your couch. It oh, is. So it is. I love so going good, to dude. games. I love working with the team. I love, you know, the, this quote unquote behind the, the door access that I, I sometimes get doing this stuff. Um, but sitting down on your couch week one to watch every single game on red zone, it, it is the perfect product. So and you know, you know, it's crazy, Tobin, all NFL stadiums have a blackout one mile radius. Really? If, if I pay for NFL Sunday ticket, the NFL blacks it out at Hard Rock Stadium because there's a one-mile blackout radius at every NFL stadium. So I can't even watch the games while I'm there. It's you know terrible. What? That makes a lot of sense because, you know what, I remember trying to do that, and it wouldn't damn work. I had to go yep. on, like, an illegal pirate site to make it right, work. Right, which I which I do, which I do make happen. Uh, yeah. But Well, listen, it, they leave me no choice. I'm a, I'm a paying <laughs> customer. You can't get mad at me. I'm not stealing it because I do pay for it. You guys are not giving me access to it. Yeah. Yeah, so you can't even watch the game. So I'm, I'm all like, I love going to football games. I love going to Canes games, Dolphins fan, uh, Dolphins games when I was a Dolphins fan and before I worked for the team. But the product the NFL has put together, where you sit on your couch and you can watch every scoring drive, it, 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 it bar none, the best sporting TV experience you can have. It's, it's, it's nearly religious. It's like <laughs> I, I know I can throw either I'm going to have two screens, either the two TVs or the TV yeah. and the laptop. 
And, you know, if there's a and like rare are the times where you'll get the commercials on every single time. So once it's just like, oh, good, Dolphins are on break. I can look over here. Oh, they're on break. I go back over here. And so, like, yeah, all my attention will basically be mostly on the Dolphins. But if there's not, there's a game somewhere and I can watch right. that game. And maybe right. we'll have fantasy players on that or something like that. Which, by the way, I got to say, man, before we uh, – we'll get more into the stuff as the segments roll on here. Um, you're being accused of chicanery in this in this, am. Uh, in this Odyssey Miami fantasy football draft because you are the commish and uh-huh. you put this puppy together. Yep. And you ended up with the number one pick. I did. And <laughs> I got to wonder through your mind, of first of all, did you think – this isn't going to look good. Well, first yeah. let me ask you this. As a journalist, did you rig the draft? <laughs> I did not. I filmed okay. I filmed the auto-generated process. I went on a, on a server online. I typed in all the names. I filmed the entire thing. I sent proof to everybody. And yes, the second I saw I had the first overall pick, I thought to myself, should I redo this? Because I am going to get accused of cheating and giving myself the number one overall pick. But then I thought, you know what? Fair is fair. I won wow. the first overall pick according to this auto-generated draft machine. And, you know, fair is fair. Why can't you, why? Because I'm have, a commissioner. You have video of this? I, I sent a video to everybody. I don't I remember will, this. I think I, I, saw, I think I saw a screenshot. I don't recall a video. Let, let's see. Let's let's see. I, I may even be able to put it up here on the Zoom. I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I don't remember <laughs> a video going through. I'll try and say. But, all right. I mean, if you say so. Yep. I'm telling you, I filmed the entire thing. It's oh, fair you know and square. Because it's one of these group chats. You know, I got this where, where it's like, this is one of these group chats where, you know, we got some Android people in there. So it's really yeah. tiny. Yeah. So I'm not watching that, dude. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and then, you know what? That's probably a heady play by you because who's going to really look into that as evidence? But people right. thought you cheated. I'm just letting yeah, you know. And I get it. I get it. I, I know I got ripped today on the air, uh, but I like I knew what was going to big difference. And- well, I'm just I'm just to not give up a number overall pick because people are going to assume I'm cheating. No, I, I want Christian McCaffrey, bro. <sighs> Interesting. All right. Well, look, I think I feel like I did my digging there, everybody. I don't know what to tell you. We did what we had to do. We, we, we he, he claims no cheating. I don't know if I believe in him, but I don't care enough to, to really <laughs> press the issue. You know what? I'm happy with my – by the way, I took Tyreek Hill. I know nobody cares about other people's fantasy teams. I took Tyreek Hill because I because I uh, I got the guts. That's why. I I, got, I care. I got, and I, I, got mo- I, care. I got I got mocked in the in the uh, in the barber chair because he was like uh, you know this guy he's like he loves fantasy he goes ah oh, I mean teams was I said I don't know I think it was twelve he goes what pick you have I said I had six I had six pick he goes all right who'd you take I was like what, what the hell is this what am I getting investigated for a crime <laughs> so I'm just like I took Tyreek Hill he goes Tyreek Hill. I said, yeah, Tyreek Hill. Why is Tyreek Hill being disrespected like this? I feel wow. like I, I was like, I was ready to walk up and leave if I didn't look like Frankenstein in the chair already. I was like, yeah, doing. He goes, he goes Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah. I, I want to, I'm going to take, because the first player you take in fantasy, unless they get, they, they get injured, that guy's going to be good. Right, what, for sure. Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, who cares? Let me take the guy that I'm going to watch every Sunday I'm going to root for. Yeah, doing your draft at a barbershop, that's that's mistake number one because every barber thinks that they are a fantasy expert. Every barber thinks they know everything about football. That's your first mistake, Tobin. No, I, I, listen, I understand, but he was, he, you know, he felt the need to 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 mock me for my pick, and I was just like, hey, man. Like and so I'm like, so who are you taking? And I'm like, yeah, I think he's like, oh, I took, uh, I took, the hell did he take? I don't remember what he had. Who cares? The point is, don't tell me what you think about my pick. My pick is my pick. I'm happy with it. I wanted Tyreek Hill, revenge season. Even though he doesn't really right. need revenge on anybody, he makes he doesn't. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's pretty much set. <laughs> he is but, set, but it feels like like I was listening to him this week, and he's like. You know, he's just excited to do his things for the Dolphins. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do. So I'm into it. I don't know. There's something yeah. that tells me Tyreek Hill's coming for blood this season, dude. I don't know. I got I got, I got, got a feeling because well, look at the little glimpse we got in a preseason. We've, we've seen two glimpses. Joint practice against the Eagles. Smoking uh, Darius Slay. 
And then first play, he smoked the entire Eagles secondary. This guy's going to be able to do that whenever he wants. I'm with it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it, but I think most people – would would have taken Tyreek in like the second round, which is probably why you were getting flamed for it. But I, I Tobin, listen, I admire I admire it, man. Like, hey, I admire going with the Dolphins. I I was shocked you didn't take like Jason Sanders. I, I was shocked you didn't take uh Tua. Like I thought I you were going Tua. I was so mad. I was so mad at Marcos for taking Tua because <laughs> I didn't I took I took Lamar Jackson first as my as yeah. my first QB. Because I knew, I knew too. I'm like, two is gonna go late as hell. I'm not gonna, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get completely mocked on here. Um, and I wasn't in the Zoom with you guys, so I don't know what kind of crap you guys were talking at the time. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, uh, just, just Leroy, just Leroy, just hating on me as always. And uh, I got him, I got him to log off. Funny enough, because I started talking about The Bachelor, the new series <laughs> of The Bachelor, <laughs> which I'm not paying attention to, but I know Leroy Horde already thinks I'm the softest person in the world. So that that was like the tipping point for him. He just signed off enraged wow. that, that nice. I was watching The Bachelor. Just left. I'm surprised, you know, because we talk a lot of Love Island on the show. You ever watch I've Love heard. I- you ever yeah. watch, uh, watch Love Island with your lady? I have. I have watched Love Island. A lot, I a lot like of tea, British, a lot of drama. I don't like the drama. British version, though. Yeah, I don't, I, don't like the, I don't like the American version. I like the British version on Hulu. That's my faves. Anyway, let's get into this game, huh? Well, Porpoise Pod will swim on. We'll get into all the trash talk. A lot of disrespect coming from Boston. A lot of people making fun of Mike McDaniel. I'm not here for it. Porpoise Pod rolls on after this. Porpoise Pod rolling on here as we are getting ready for week one. Miami Dolphins taking on the New England Patriots. Hell of a way to start the season, just like it was last year, man. This one, last time it was was up at Foxborough. Xavier Howard snatching the ball from uh, Mac Jones, taking his lunch money. And this time around, uh, I feel like the defense isn't even a story going into the season in a lot of ways. It's <laughs> kind of funny. It's a lot of like everybody. We are so focused on what Mike McDaniel is going to do with this offense, revamped offensive line, Tyreek Hill, the year of Tua, everything on the line, new wide receivers, Mike Gusecki's role. And this defense is just kind of like, you know what, we're here. You know, we're here to do our thing. We're here to mess things up. We're going to make Mac Jones's life miserable. Does anybody have a more calmer job this season than Josh Boyer running the defense? Like, there is just no pressure on him. Everybody knows what to expect from the Dolphins' defense. Like, he just has to not glorily F everything up. Right. That's it. That, that, yeah. That's the bar that we've set with him. Like, you, you took over the defense. We kind of thought you were the one really in charge of the defense, along with Flo. Just don't mess it up, and everything will be okay. Like, he has the least amount of pressure out of everybody within the organization. Yeah, I, I am gonna. I don't. I still don't know because it was such a weird year last year. Because the way they played defense in the middle of the year, the way it flipped, something happened. Right. Like it felt like either a philosophy changed, play calling changed. I don't know what it was. They, you know, people, you know, said that Josh Boyer. He says he's called the entire time. Flo would never tell you who's calling anything. You know, he'd have nine people calling the offense. It was all very secretive. You know, the only thing he would ever tell us is two is our quarterback. That's the, yeah. even though he nefariously always wanted to replace him. So, yes, you're right. I don't think he has pressure going into it because it feels like that's all lying on the offense. But if for whatever reason they underperform, I do think that, you know, people will be like, hey, well, what's going on here, Boyer? Right. Like, hey, right. you know, let's let's get Sam Madison and his defense coordinator, <laughs> which was, you know, you let a fox in the hen house, Boyer. I don't know how great a move that was by you, but either way. I still think, how could he screw this up? You know, you bring everybody back, essentially. You have guys like Jalen Phillips and Javon Holland who are only going to get older, better. Christian Wilkins, you know, is is on that teeter of young guy turning into a veteran. He's got a big long-term contract. He's looking down the pipe. Uh, you know, so to me, they got got that perfect blend of like Agba and 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 Xavier Howard of like the, the old guard but also like plenty of young guys who could still make this defense take a leap. Yeah. I'm even just like guys like Zach Sealer, who technically is Wilkins backup. Uh, I'm just looking through here. Like if Melvin Ingram can come in and give you something this year. Um, and then like John Jenkins, Raquan Davis, you mentioned Ogba. Um, like, man, the Dolphins really do have a really good defensive unit. Um, I guess there could be some concern with the linebackers, right? Like, we all love Jerome Baker, but 
like has has he really showed us that he's great i don't know um duke riley had a decent training camp he had some good games last year as well and i know we're we're all looking forward to channing tindall the draft pick but man like you're right if there's something goes wrong if something goes wrong with the defense i guess the the questions will be out on josh boyer but i still think this defense is loaded like i yeah. i think it'll as soon as byron comes back like we'll see that elite defense that we saw last year with the zero blitz packages getting to the cornerback exposing weaknesses in the offensive line confusing guys like lamar jackson like people forget that thursday night football game nobody had the dolphins winning and it no. was the defense that kept them in the game like it totally kept them in the game and dominated lamar jackson yeah you're right about that and then you think about the idea of you know, a guy like Zach Sealer, who's always making plays and yeah, he's right. technically not even the starter like that, that line of Raekwon and, and Christian Wilkins and have an up there. Like they're all very formidable and they didn't have Raekwon Davis early on in the year either last year. Right. And it was noticeable because people could gut them basically. Um, so, you know, you knock on wood, you hope everything uh, obviously works out with health. You can never really count on that in the NFL and they're still waiting on the return of Byron Jones. But I do think that if this, core this young core that they have like if they're able to get pressure on quarterbacks early on and really impose their will I don't think having the absence of Byron Jones will be as big of an issue because usually that will you know kind of let up the pressure a lot on on the other positions in the secondary so hopefully that is the case but yeah man this is uh this is an exciting exciting time for that for that defense and and uh, what they're going to be able to bring to the table and then you know mention like Javon Holland getting the captaincy last week along with Christian Wilkins and Alandon Roberts. It's a pretty, it, it's a, it's, it's a really, really great squad with, uh, with some guys that you still think can get that much better. I'm interested to see how they play Mac Jones. Like, do you kind of just expect the Patriots to, to establish the run game, try to, you know, not let them get through the middle, use all those big guys to push him back and then force Mac Jones to make plays, which I think you'd be comfortable with. Or do you, do you just send pressure right away? Confuse the hell out of Mac Jones, shake him up a little bit, make the Patriots run the ball. Like, I'm very interested to see how McDaniel and Boyer approach this because it, it would be great if first couple plays, I mean, you just want to you want to get to him, you know, run, run the zero blitzes, get to him, confuse him, rattle him a little bit. But you also don't need to do that, right? Because even if you're the Dolphins, you kind of, play a little zone, let Mac Jones try to make plays. I think you feel good about that as well. So I, I'm very interested to see how the Dolphins approach it Sunday. This was an interesting stuff. Like, did you see uh, some of the quotes that McDaniel had about uh, Mac Jones basically seeing, like he basically kind of admitted that people uh, underrate Mac Jones or mock Mac Jones. It was kind of a strange thing for a coach <laughs> to just throw out there that that narrative is, is there. But he said, uh, what do you see when you watch Mac Jones? He was asked, said, He's a really cool player. Loves using the word cool, uh, McCoachin. Yeah. Uh, I really admire. It is one of my uh, one of my more impressive collegiate performances we've ever had. Obviously, we're involved in the evaluation process in San Francisco. Came away super impressed with his ability to play in the NFL game. I think he's a guy, for whatever reason, people like to say subtle disparaging stuff. I see a really, really good NFL quarterback and that he'll just continue to, uh, to progress. And then, you know, he's going to go on for seven minutes there, but – uh that's an interesting like like that's a weird thing to kind of just throw out there and, and i gotta say the coach has been kind of like i don't know like not i don't want to say he's been taking shots because it's not shots but it's kind of just like you know with the bill Belichick coming down here goes i don't know that's not really bill belichick's thing i don't know that's a strange thing that he's coming on down here but listen it doesn't matter doesn't matter we got to do our thing like right. almost a little bit like I think I got you guys. I got you guys. I got you guys pegged. Like people like to say disparaging stuff. What about your quarterback? I mean, people, people crush your quarterback left and right. And they're not subtle about it either. It's crazy. Mac Jones. And you know what's what weird about? His... Go ahead. What was his middle name again? Dude, his middle name is McCorkle. <laughs> I'm like, what? McCorkle. McCorkle. <laughs> I, I just find that strange. By the way, he was also named a captain, a copycat. That's what the C I did see for. that. Yeah, I did see that. I did yeah. see that. Yeah. What about what about Devontae Parker not being on the injury list? I mean, that's Belichick trolling us. Devontae, not even just being, you know, limited, just, just totally off the injury report. 
that's that's old Bill trying to trying to you know test us a little down here. Yeah, if Bill if Bill, if Bill Belichick really wants to prepare for playing in the South Florida Heat, he should have just asked Devontae Parker, "Hey, how did you prepare to play in the South Florida Heat?" and then do the opposite. <laughs> right, because like uh, he always just had hamstring issues. So just like yeah, it's Stewie. What Devontae? What was your uh, okay? You had all right. Mm. You had uh, Fruit Loops in the morning. Okay, okay. Well, we're not going to do that. Right. So I don't know, man, but. I found that, I found that I found that just such an odd thing for him to throw out there. He's like, "Oh yeah, for whatever reason, people are uh, kind of disparaging about Mac Jones." I don't see it. Okay. Okay. Do you not? Do you not? I don't know. I don't know what to believe with you, uh, Mike McDaniel. I think they just. Did you I, see? Uh, did you see the videos of uh, of the Patriots practicing on these soccer fields in in West I Palm? I did not. I did not. Oh, I know. Man. I know the. I know the place where they at. Palm Beach Atlantic is close to my house, so I, I know exactly where they are practicing. But no, what do they, what do they look like? It's but they're just like you know Palm Beach Atlantic, and no hate to them, but they're not like this fine academic no. institution. It's a it's a small little college. It's a small and... little. Uh, yeah, it's a small little private college that's li- like there's. For people who are down in Dade who listen to us, like it's next to this place called City Place, which they have in Doral, right? Which is kind of a similar setup. Like you got a cheesecake factory and improv, uh, you know, a couple bars there, and then right off the beaten path is this Palm Beach Atlantic, which is just such an odd school to go to. I just don't understand. I was surprised that Barry University honestly didn't host him because Barry's down here, and they've hosted a lot of like. They've hosted Super Bowl practices, so maybe they just right. didn't want to. They didn't want to cancel their kids' practices because that that did happen up at Palm Beach Atlantic. Yeah, but even like FIU, they're on the road this week. FIU's right. FIU's facilities are are really nice. Like they're all brand new, pretty much. Barry has some good ones. I know a couple of times when professional soccer teams come down here, they practice at Barry or at FIU. Yeah, uh, like I know I, it's it's I, so I, strange. I, I think it's really one of these things where it's like he wanted them down here to adjust to the heat but also didn't want them anywhere close to the fun. Like, I think that's kind of what the, I think this must've gone into his head where he's just like, okay. Yeah. But, but Tobin, these guys all make millions of dollars. Like they can just Uber to Miami. That, that's what I said last week where I, I don't understand that. Like you have them two and a half hours away from Miami. They'll just all rent a limo and get to Miami. If they want to, they'll go to Fort Lauderdale, you know, they'll go to downtown Fort Lauderdale. They'll go to him or she village. If they want to like, it, it makes no sense to have them posted up all the way out there practicing on women's soccer fields, which, by the way, if you look at them, aren't in the best shape. Uh, not the players. I mean, the fields, the pitches, no. as uh, some soccer fans would say. Like, it, the whole thing, I mean, we've been talking about it. I know we've been making fun of Bill over it. But really, the whole thing is bizarre. It really is. Like, this isn't it's, – it's what McDaniel said. This isn't a Belichick move, you know. It, it's almost like he it seems desperate at this point. It's very weird, and then you do make a good point because, like, look, and I can say this: I'm a Powell alum, dude. It's the Sunshine State Conference. Like, you're not you're not getting the the creme de la creme out here. You're not like, yeah, you should go. Like, it's, you make a good point. Like, you're going out here. The whole point is to get your 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 million dollar athletes fine tuned for a game, which you're not going to get used to the heat down here. It's it, it's it, it's hell on earth right now down here. How hot it is, and I know it's hot around the rest of the country too. I just don't understand it. It's very strange and uh, whatever, you know, it's been, we've beaten it into the ground, but he's uh, he he definitely seems like he's lashing out this year, which is interesting because, you know, he is this genius and you got all this stuff going on with Tom Brady and they're always attached to the hip. And to to a degree, I kind of get it. Like there was a little bit of this with Pat Riley and LeBron, where, like, you know, Pat Riley did some crazy things. He gave Deion Waiters an extension. You know, he maxed out Hassan Whiteside. These, these, were, these were crazy times. Even the greats, I think, can have their loopy, uh, their loopy moments. And right. I, think for, I think for Bill, he may be just going through. Like, he's just trying to feel some stuff out. Yeah, that's what happens when you have uh, Mac Jones as your quarterback. Like, you, you start nice. getting desperate. Did you see, by the way, Tobin, so somebody, like a weather account today, posted – what the temperatures would be like Saturday for the Southern Miss UM game at Hard Rock. Dolphins play okay. the day after. It's the high is 93 degrees Saturday. The low, or I'm sorry, the high for Sunday is 90. But the heat index, so like kind of what it feels like, the heat index will be over 115 Saturday. And they're expecting it to be close to that Sunday 
right around, you know, typically gets that hot around 1, 2, and 3 p.m. So this whole thing of Belichick coming down here, trying to get his guys prepared for 95-degree weather, and it's going to feel like 110, 115 on the field, sitting, baking in the hot sun, is seriously, like, we have beaten it into the ground, and we're trying to make fun of it, but it's just stupid what he's doing. There's no other way to describe it. It's stupid. Our players have been practicing in the same heat for six to seven weeks. Some of them are used to it over the course of the couple of years they've been down in Miami. And you think you can get your players acclimated in West Palm in three days for 100-degree heat? It's dumb. But here's the thing that's strange about it. I just find it, it's it's one of these things that I feel like the more we dissect it, I feel like he just did it to just do kind of a mind game thing. Cause even like McDaniel acknowledging like this isn't a kind of move that he does. Maybe that gets a rookie head coach thinking a little bit overthinking Maybe. a little bit. Maybe that's the whole ploy of it because look, like you said, I think even if you're a Miami dolphin, like if you don't think a, Do- a Miami dolphin can get cramps down here, you're stupid. Like, <laughs> you know, Tyree kills doing nine hard snaps a practice during camp like he's not going at the rate that he would Jalen Waddle hasn't practiced for nearly a month you know like this is the the the, so you're talking about the star dolphins aren't in three hour football shape at high competition it's gonna take some getting used to and it's gonna be result and I really do think that you're dealing with some serious heat between the humidity that's down here and all that that was up I don't really think you can prepare for it if you're Belichick and I don't really think the dolphins Yes, I technically they'll have an advantage, I would say, because they're more used to it. Maybe just the initial walkout of it. But I don't really think that anybody's going to have that big of an advantage from the heat. I think that it's going to be one of these things where it's just going to be miserable. and They're both going to have to deal with it to some degree. But I certainly don't think that Bill Belichick's going to be able to catch up like Rosetta Stone on the heat or something like that. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. Very, very it's strange. A- it, it, you're you're so right, man. Like there's there's no way to prepare for 110 degree heat. There just isn't. So and and when your players are a little banged up and and they're not, it's week one, which is why I'm I'm shocked that the line moved to to Dolphins minus three and a half. By the way, like people typically will put money on the Patriots. They see Dolphins Patriots. It's just like this legacy thing where Patriots have been dominant for so long. They typically beat up on the Dolphins, which is the way people see it. Even though it's not true, the Dolphins have had. Right the best winning percentage against Bill Belichick out of any other team. Yeah. It's uh, also the worst record he's had, I think since 2013 and any other place has been down here in Miami. He's so never much- lost. He's never lost four in a row to the same team. And if the dolphins beat them uh, on Sunday, it'll be the first time in the Belichick era that he loses to the same team four straight times. Well, how is that possible? Because I was told that the dolphins have a bum at quarterback. So how is, <laughs> how is Tua Tungavailoa going to be the only person who's four and against the great, Bill Belichick. That's that's weird. He owns Bill Belichick. Tua absolutely owns Bill. I got. We got to talk about this because this this really angered me this week when it came to Tua Tungabella. We'll uh, we'll get some of his quotes that also he had this week leading into this game. He's confident. The Finns are confident. We're excited for Week One. Porpoise Pod swims up after this. Porpoise Pod swimming on here on the podcast. I think I had a swimming up going into the break, which would make a salmon, which is stupid. <laughs> Morpheus can just they, they just they just swim along they don't they don't swim up they don't swim down there's they're just in the ocean you know dude, they just whatever. swim yeah they just swim they just do their thing but a couple things okay so a couple things annoyed me this week i don't know if you heard any of this content but the boston media they're taking pot shots at mike mcdaniel left and right of course it's non-stop so like i'm watching People send me, and I get, it. I, I, I have like, I'm like Game of Thrones, dude. I got like little birdies everywhere. So <laughs> Dolphin fans are sending me slander left and right, nonstop. Like you hear what these guys said over here. You hear what these guys said over here. And so, first, it was these jokers on NBC Boston Sports. Uh, I, one, I think it was Phil Perry. I think it was one of the guys' names, and Tom Curran. I know Tom Curran. I've heard of him. I don't know the other guy, but they were both upset because. Uh, particularly Mr. Perry, he was upset because he thinks Mike McDaniel tells too many jokey jokes. He's done with the jokes. He's like, <laughs> I don't like it. Not every not every press conference has to be night at the improv, which I would think like if, if I was covering the Patriots for a substantial amount of my career, I don't know how long he's been covering the Pats, but I feel like you would see it as like a breath of fresh air. Oh, a guy with personality. So great. 
Bill Belichick, he's not just here saying, uh, football, you know, football is football and football and to a good football team. And this guy was like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't like it. You know, why are you telling the jokes, Mike McDaniel? This guy's stuck in the uh, – have you seen Get Out where they're, he's like falling backwards the whole time? Yes. Yes. Yeah, this guy's stuck in that abyss where if it's not sounding like a Bill Belichick – you know, we're going to talk like this. And uh, he, he doesn't want any of it. I mean, he doesn't know fun. He hasn't experienced fun in 20, de- in 20 years. And he, he, he wants no part of it. And that's fine. Let us, let us have the fun down here then. That's fine. You, you keep celebrating your Mac Jones and your boring press conferences. And we'll have fun down here with Tyreek Hill doing flips during training camp, hyping up the crowd as the MC, and Mike McDaniel rocking Yeezys to all his press conferences. Do you think that people would like give Mac Jones the benefit of the doubt if he wasn't on the Patriots? Like because he is the quintessential system quarterback, right? Right. And that's kind of what the Patriots are. They're a system. You know, that now the system, just newsflash everybody was Tom Brady. But they they are looked <laughs> upon as the Patriots way and the system. And so like that's why people don't, I guess, critique him the same way as other quarterbacks. Or, or dissect him the other way. Because it is true. It was interesting because Mike McDaniel mentions, like, a lot of times people thought that he was going to be the guy that San Francisco was going to take. And people thought they were crazy that they were going to take him third overall. Remember there was that infamous video of him hitting the roof in Alabama and Bill Belichick yeah. was just shaking his head? It was like uh, like Lee Trevino and, and Happy Gilmore. I don't, even know <laughs> I don't even know if that's like a timely reference anymore. It was 1997. That, the point if, if, is. If you, don't, if you don't know Happy Gilmore, then I don't know if this pod's for you. I'm it probably sorry. isn't. It probably isn't. <laughs> but I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know what it is with the, the Patriot fans loving boring. That's just what they love. They're, they're just sitting here and they love their boring lifestyle and, and they love their boring ways. And. Anytime there was anything exciting, they're like, Ugh, get rid of Gronk. Ooh, too fun. Uh, Randy Moss. No, 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 yeah, no. Get out of here, Randy Moss. And, you know, they may have, they may laugh at you and say, well, what about, what about our six Super Bowls? All right, good for you. But they found, now they're in Tampa Bay, you know, so I don't know what to tell you. He, he took a <laughs> hike and he showed you that it was all him anyway. And now you're stuck with Mac Jones. So good for, right. good for you. <laughs> so good for you, dude. Good for you. And sorry that Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel's telling too many jokey jokes. But I did find interesting, like, uh, I saw Skip Bayless. They said that he's a ball boy. He called him ball boy this week. And uh, <laughs> who the hell else was it? It was uh, oh, it was somebody on WEI. I don't know what their crew's name. I know it's Greg Hill's the main host, but it wasn't Greg Hill. It was somebody on his show. I think it was Candice. Why, w- why, is, why is Skip Bayless calling Mike McDaniel ball boy, though? Dude, like, he just, like, threw it away, like, randomly. He goes, yeah, <laughs> I think, you know, and they're, you know, you know Shannon, their, their coach is a ball boy. I was like, what? What is that? <laughs> what? Is that a no? What happened there? Pot shots, dude. He's just taking pot shots, and it made me wonder. Like, is Mike McDaniel like we love him down here? I've never seen a coach have this kind of approval rating before he's done anything. It's very crazy. Like people just seem to really dig the guy, like his spirit, like his ways. Now don't lose. Like win football games, but right. It makes me wonder, like, are the buzzers going to circle on him? Is he, like, ripe for if this does get off to some dicey start? Because it is a tough, you know, schedule to start the season. Are people going to chew up the whole Mike McDaniel persona look, all that type of stuff? Yeah, I, and we, we, I think we talked about it in one of the first episodes where, you know, Tyreek's happy right now, and he's the outspoken leader of the team. Um, but if things go south in those first four games right you beat the Patriots but then you you kind of get handled by the Ravens by the Bengals and by the Bills you know I don't know if Tyreek's going to be so enthusiastic about Tua anymore I don't know if he's going to be so enthusiastic about Mike McDaniel and and Tobin look man like he came in here after that that Twitter video that went viral Dolphins fans were hyped for that guy and he's delivered by the way like he has made his role as entertaining as possible but yeah. still maintain, you know, some sort of professionalism. And it appears like he has the team, if, if we're taking into account the preseason, it appears he has the team, you know, on the right track. I think it's fair to say that as he, of now. He, are you talking about McDaniel? Right, McDaniel. Yeah. Because Tyreek Hill's but, done that to a degree too. Like, I think he's yeah. like, he's he's put a lot of empowerment into Tyreek Hill and saying like, look, people really respect you here, especially Jalen Waddle. Like, you can be a guy who people really look to as the leader on this team. And I do think that Tyreek Hill is probably appreciated that something. And we'll buy a little bit something with uh, your star player 
and your head coach having that kind of a relationship. But the second things don't go your way, I mean, you know the criticism is going to come, which is why I, I have been interested in how these press conferences will sound to the fans if you're two and six. I don't expect them to go two and six, but you just never know. You know what I mean? Like, you never know. Are people going to love Tyreek Hill, you know, propping up Tua? If Tua doesn't take that next step, he is going to be absolutely laughed at by every single major outlet in this country because that headline went mega viral. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill thinks Tua is more accurate than Patty Mahomes. Right. And, 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 you know, we loved it down here. We ate it up. But, like, people will take advantage of those quotes if things don't go their way. And they're going to make sure that, you know, the Dolphins kind of get laughed at. So I am, I'm a little worried about it, to be honest. There's an uncommon amount of pressure on a first-year head coach. There is. Because he, I think by a lot of people, even objective people, I think have said, like, this is a pretty talented roster. I, even, you know, that rat bastard Chris Sims, who I can't stand, he's like, Dolphins are more talented than the Patriots. Dolphins have a lot of talent. I think we all see it. We know how good the defense is. We talked about that at the start of the show today. And I think we all acknowledge that this is a team that has really good weapons. We kind of thought that was going to be the case last year, but Will Fuller stole $10 million. Devontae Parker's never healthy. And it really just wasn't the case. It never came to fruition. And the offensive line was a disaster. So I guess there's a case that the offensive line could still be a disaster, but I don't think that that has been the read so far in camp. Now it is camp. But I think that people feel like it's going to be functional enough that Tua can make things happen. And especially with the way in this offense, you can scheme time and space and all that stuff for your quarterback. So, look, I think people are always going to take pot shots at him. Uh, you know, idiot, you know, chowder heads up north will be up there and they'll be like, ah, but he's not intimidating. It's like, dude, Bill Belichick has moves. Did you see him with the UFC belt? Like, what are we talking about here? You know, you look. You can look any way you want when you have six Super Bowl rings, but like, let's not act like he's uh, he's Dan Campbell out there and Mister Intimidating. Right. <laughs> so I don't know, I, I, but I, I think that he's definitely got a fair amount of pressure for a first year head coach. But look, nobody's got more pressure than the quarterback. I think if anything, yes, Mike. Unless he has like a Cam Cameron, like we're talking unprecedented type of awful. I don't think that I, I, unless there's catastrophic injury around this team, I can't fathom that being the case can't be it can't, can't be. be it can't it be. can't be but ultimately this is the guy the fall guy this year is going to be Tua, like by far if if For the sure. if the team is in good everyone's going to say well what are we going to do a quarterback next year whether that's going and getting lamar jackson whether that's going and drafting tyler van dyke who knows what the hell the next move is but mcdaniel does have the built-in place to go if things don't go right but i do think that that doesn't alleviate the idea of hey most first year head coaches come into a situation that really really sucks right and that's not the case for him he's got a pretty pretty good gig here that some things seem to foul the firing of brian flores i think we all can acknowledge was very weird because he did not get fired from a bad football team and for the most part i think Brian Flores did a lot of things well. He did some things that he was very, very poor at, too. But I don't think that the reasons he got fired were necessarily all to do with his record. I think there was a lot of you know stuff on the outskirts, whether it was with quarterbacks they were trying to go get, or who knows. But that all kind of lines up for Mike McDaniel not having to take over a Detroit Lions or a Jacksonville Jaguars off the top. He gets to have a pretty talented football team that people really do think I think can compete get into the playoffs and who knows maybe do some things but I'm excited man I'm excited for week one and and Tobin it's it's rightfully so that him and Tua have pressure on them and like you and I are, are both big McCochin fans and I think we're both high on Tua I think we want to see him succeed I think we we feel like he's the right guy for the job but there's still left for him to show us right when you're th- yeah I, and I think and that's a good job, but I think part of it also with Tua, I just really like the guy. I don't know what it yeah. is. I just think that people have been taking cheap shots at him at, a, at an alarming rate since he's come into the league, and he has handled it publicly like such a professional and acted like such a grown-up when all the grown-ups who were supposed to talk either didn't talk or were hiding behind cliches. And I just felt like he handled that with such grace. It's impossible for not to not root for the guy. 
and have a lot of stock into them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right, man. Like some of, some of the coverage has been unfair. We know it's so polarizing by now in, in Dolphins fandom, but when you're two straight seasons, one victory shy of making the playoffs, it was that game in Buffalo that you got blown out two out of poor game. And then it was last year in Tennessee, same thing. You get blown out 34 to three. You were in the game, even being down double digits in the fourth and Tua, the ball slipping out of his hand. He makes like one good play the entire four, uh, four quarters. He was like, it was, it was a disaster. It really yeah. was. And no, it was, what, it was, there's, there, there's no mince in it. When you're, when you're that close, it's one, one game gets you into the playoffs, two straight seasons. And everybody's biggest criticism of the dolphins other than Tua was what they need to fix the offensive line. They need a running game. They need to better their offense all around. You right. go get your, your offensive minded head coach. You get these two veteran running backs who he feels he can maximize coming from the system he's implementing here. And you go out and you get arguably the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. Like the pressure should be on, you know, this isn't like you said, this isn't the Lions. This isn't the Bengals from a couple years ago after they got Burrow. And, you know, you gave them two years to figure it out. No, no, no. This team is poised for a playoff run. The quarterback has to get better. And it's Mike McDaniel's job to get him to play better, put him in the right position. So, I'm cool with, you know, the pressure being on McDaniel and Tua because let's be real. This team should be a playoff team. They're talented. They have enough weapons on both sides of the ball. They should be a playoff team. And by not getting there, it, 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 it's going to be a lack of either A, your quarterback doesn't play good enough, or B, your rookie head coach was in over his head. Those, those are probably the two scenarios other than injury. I mean, if, you know, somebody yeah. goes down, somebody goes down, but Barring injury, those are, your, in my opinion, those are the two scenarios. And yeah, two neither biggest of those, question marks, for sure. Right, right. And, and, and neither of those are unfair, by the way. They really aren't. Because as much as you and I like Tua, like we, ha- we have to admit, like he, he, he has to get to another level for us to say, that's our franchise guy. No doubt, because you make to- a good point. Like the best thing that Tua really has going for him is his career record. And that he has, he has been more successful when the team has been more successful with him on the field when they have they had a better record right. with him on the field. But you make a point. He's had two opportunities to get them in the playoffs. And that was a huge criticism of Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill had so many opportunities to take this team to the playoffs and, you know, just had dud after dud after dud and letting the team down when it really mattered. And so, yeah, I do think that that is, that, that's going to be a, a big thing for him this year. I can't wait to like this. And and you know what? It's going to feel like every game has huge stakes, which I'm excited about. It's, it's, I I honestly can't wait for Sunday. We know you guys can't wait for Sunday. We will have a full reaction for you guys. We are excited for our first season here doing the Porpoise Pod with you guys. Thank you for all your support so far. Also, shout out to the Levitard Show and uh, guys uh, for for Tony and Chris for having us on last week. Yeah. Uh, We appreciate that from them. Yeah. uh, Thanks, Chris and Billy. Uh, Tony, whatever, but Chris and Billy, I appreciate you. Also, Ron McGill sighting on the phone, which was pretty cool. I like that um, Ron McGill was like, you know, those guys. Goes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll talk to you guys next time.